Welcome to UT Southwestern's What to Know. With fall fast approaching, we're bracing ourselves for a collision between the flu season and the COVID pandemic. How concerned should we be about a double pandemic? How do we tell the symptoms apart from COVID and the flu? And what can we be doing differently to protect ourselves from both? Here to weigh in on these questions and more are Dr. Julie Trevetti, the Director of Infection Prevention for the UT Southwestern Health System, and Dr. Paul Sue, a Pediatric Infectious Disease Specialist at UT Southwestern and Children's Health. Thanks for joining us. So Dr. Trevetti, this is a flu season unlike any other that we've seen. Tell us what you're concerned about and what you're thinking about heading into this flu season. As we're heading into this influenza season, really what we're looking for are ways that we can minimize our risks of coming down with influenza and other respiratory viruses. And so it's never too late to actually get the influenza vaccine. At UT Southwestern, we have been offering it to our patients and employees as of this week. And many retail pharmacies have already been offering influenza vaccines since the beginning of September. So between now and the end of October is probably the ideal time to be vaccinated. It does take about two weeks for your body to be able to build up immunity. What would you say to someone who typically doesn't get a flu vaccine or is on the fence this year? You know, we understand that there are many concerns that individuals may have about the potential side effects or adverse effects of influenza vaccine and really other vaccines in general. So I think it's really important that you address these concerns with your primary care provider so you can receive appropriate and clear guidance um, and information about what types of things to expect if you were to then um, receive the flu vaccine. It's really important this year, um, and especially more important this year with COVID, to receive the flu vaccine because not only does it help to prevent you from um, becoming infected with influenza, but that even if you actually were infected with influenza, we do know that the severity of your illness will be milder. So your symptoms may be a lot milder than if you actually did not have the vaccine. And Dr. Sue, I know the American Academy of Pediatrics just released recommendations for, the, for children during the flu season just recently. Tell us what those recommendations look like this year as compared to a more typical flu season like we had last year. Over the last two years, we've seen record morbidity and complications from influenza among children. And they, in light of the additional threat of COVID-19 this year, the American Academy of Pediatrics is strongly recommending vaccination for all children greater than six months. In addition, similar to last year, the AAP is recommending that either the nasal vaccine or the shot, the influenza uh, inactivated vaccine, can equally be used in appropriate pediatric populations. The goal there is to get it done by October 31st, if possible. Dr. Tavetti, if, if you get the flu, are you more likely to get COVID-19 or do we know? There have been um, kind of mixed predictions both ways about what we might expect for the upcoming flu season. There's some concern that if we are seeing high rates of COVID, that could mean that people are still engaging in the same types of behaviors that might put them at risk for acquiring influenza such as being in close proximity to other people or showing up to events or work or school when they are ill. There are also other predictions on the other side that if we do adhere to these non-pharmacologic interventions that we've been talking about and that we know are so important for COVID, there are some predictions that we might actually see a better flu season compared to years past. So it's a little bit up in the air and I think it depends on how we're able to adhere to these NPI measures. How are we going to be able to tell the difference uh, in patients who have flu symptoms and who have symptoms of COVID? 
both can present sometimes with mild illness where individuals might have minimal symptoms, and yet both can also prevent, present with um, severe illness. And that might even potentially land them in the hospital needing a higher level of care. And so there's a wide spectrum of how both may present. One of the key things um, that's going to be really important is to make sure that if you have symptoms, cough, fever, shortness of breath, that you do notify your provider so that you can get tested. And testing really should include testing for COVID-19, as well as influenza and potentially other respiratory viruses um, that might be circulating in the area and that you may be at risk for. Dr. Sue, for parents, uh, we know that kids can be spreaders of the flu virus. And tell us a little bit about how you're advising parents about vaccination and also just practices that they can do to keep them and their children safe. Absolutely. And so we know that children, uh, because of their behaviors and the way they tend to interact with others, are at much higher risk in terms of um, infection. The attack rate, as we call it, is much higher in children. And we know that if you are able to prevent a child from bringing influenza into the household, that the risk of others in the household to be infected are also lowered. So we are encouraging our parents, number one, get your flu vaccine. Get, you know, bring your child into your pediatrician to get their vaccine. And then number two, um, you know, flu is a respiratory virus. And so uh, all the stuff that Dr. Trivedi mentioned in terms of distancing and masking, we've implemented to decrease the spread of COVID, but we'll also hopefully decrease the spread of flu. Dr. Trivedi, uh, a complex question. Uh, so if someone has COVID and has recovered, how long are they in infectious? And if someone has influenza and recovers, how long are they infectious? And how can we tell people when it's safe to be around other people again? The incubation period for influenza is anywhere from three to maybe four days. And they usually remain infectious for about five days. So once their fever resolves and they have had an improvement in their cough um, and they've actually been treated with Tamiflu, we actually um, you know, no longer consider them infectious and they are able to then return to the work environment if in fact they only had influenza. For COVID-19, what we know is that after exposure, symptoms usually develop between two to five days, but can take up to 14 days to develop. In general, for most individuals who've been infected with COVID-19, who um, are out in the community and maybe really only required very little bit of, very minimal amounts of oxygen, they may be infectious for 10 days. Individuals who are more severely ill in the hospital, such as in the intensive care unit, could be infectious for 20 days. Dr. Trevetti, one question I get from my patients is when they should start taking Tamiflu, when they think they might have symptoms of the flu, or do they wait and see how it goes for, for the first couple of days? Ideally, Tamiflu or any of the other flu medications should be started as soon as possible after symptom onset or diagnosis. The studies have shown that initiation of these medications within the first 36 to 48, sometimes up to 72 hours, is really crucial to help uh, minimize shedding of the virus in the environment, as well as um, to shorten the duration of symptoms. Dr. Sue, there's going to be a lot of worried parents this year. And as their kids are going back to school and being a bit more socially active, um, they'll have kids that have runny noses, they may have sore throats. Uh, when should they call the pediatrician? We would recommend that, uh, that the parents contact the pediatrician uh, and let them know what is going on. And if there is concern that the child might have a mild case of COVID-19, it's important that that child be tested if possible. 
um, as we control the spread of COVID-19 and as other viruses begin to populate, uh, then these recommend recommendations may change. If community spread decreases, we think that the, the risks will become smaller. But for now, we are saying that if your child does come in with respiratory symptoms, we would contact your pediatrician to make them aware. And COVID-19 is something that we still need to consider. Dr. Sue, what are the three things you would recommend for parents and children to do to keep themselves safe going into this flu season? As we enter flu season, we want to emphasize the basics. We want to emphasize influenza vaccination. We want to emphasize social distancing, especially in the age of COVID-19. And we want to emphasize making sure that your kids learn to wash their hands, are washing their hands, and keep their hands clean, especially after touching their faces and noses. So thank you both again for joining us and for all this good information going into what is the most complicated flu season any of us will probably ever be a part of. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you again for joining us. Until next week, stay safe and stay healthy.